0: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, July 6th, wherever and however you're connected. Always nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton teamed up with Kyle Van Noy touchdown counter, Jerem Jordan.
1: Now, we were postulating, discussing, ponderizing how many touchdowns Kyle Van Noy had in his career because we ranked him number one in the top 10 independent players list on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, KVN does it again. He tweets at us the following, I got eyes everywhere. Somebody said I got the vote for number one. Appreciate y'all. Fun fact, I scored five touchdowns. Yes, Colorado State fresh year. Ole Miss, sophomore year, junior versus San Diego State, two times. Senior year, Utah State. So five TDs. Fact check. KVN does it
0: again. Yes. Between fumbles, scoop and score, pick sixes, five defensive touchdowns. That's wild. How how many prominent BYU football players uh, that played in the recent past or in the far-off past, whatever, have not scored five touchdowns? He did it as a defender.
1: I would say there's more than you think. There's more than you think. So that that's pretty crazy. Yeah, he's one of the best players in BYU history. He is in the conversation for best defensive player in BYU history, the way that he changed games. There have been better technicians maybe at that position because I know he drove Kelly Papinga crazy by being out of position. But guess what he would do? He, he made make a play that changed plays. the direction of the yeah. game. In fact, how many games did he have the game-winning score? Right, At least two. Right? At least two in Ole Miss and San Diego State. <laughs> I mean, they the, where that play wins the game. Herman. Yeah, there's
0: an argument that uh, his pick six against Chucky Keaton to start the game against Utah <laughs> in that, 2013 changed the game. Maybe that
1: won the game emotionally. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, All right, we got fact-checked. Uh, but here are some facts. Like today's show lineup, we are T-minus two months to a COVID-impacted college football season, or what we think will be. How uh, it much, will be. How much of an impact will the coronavirus have? A BYU football safeties preview with position coach Preston Hadley and one of his senior go to guys, Troy Warner, plus the best to ever wear number 44. Was the best to ever wear number 44 a linebacker like Kyle Van Noy? Is that person in the discussion, or is it somebody completely away from football? Think about that. Here are your Monday BYU Sports Nation headlines.
1: Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott tells the NCAA Twitter channel the league has been working on playing a full football schedule this fall and mentioning trying to come to an agreement on common standards for testing among its non-conference opponents. Scott admitted the league has worked on plans for a conference-only schedule. We heard a lot about that a month or two ago. Abbreviated schedule, postpone, and perhaps even a spring schedule. That's what the Ivy League is doing in football. More on COVID and the college football season in what's trending.
0: Listen, just play, if you're going to go conference only, do conference only plus your in-state rivalry games. I'm totally cool with in-state that. In-state
1: rivalry. Well, that doesn't apply to everybody. <laughs> Not everyone has an in-state rival. Like Utah's <laughs> rivals, Colorado, right? So, wait, what? But well, that's
0: conference only. So they'd still play that game anyway.
1: Well, th- yeah, that's true. It's a division.
0: Let's game. make it convenient for BYU is what I'm getting at, right?
1: Yeah. What's the name of the show again? <laughs>
0: BYU Men's Volleyball welcomes nine new athletes to this year's recruiting class. Five of those newcomers are on the 2020 ABCA High School All-American watch list. The Cougars recruiting class tied for 10th in the VolleyballMag.com recruiting rankings.
1: Now, normally BYU Men's Volleyball is not high up in these rankings, so it's nice to be there. Typically, BYU just doesn't make it yet. BYU is a top five team traditionally, so you talk Believe about the most, the most overachieving program in uh, on campus? Huh? You, you're way better than your recruiting ranking. Jim Fredette is, quote, free to go, according to Panathinaikos president Takis Triantopoulos. Uh, what? What? Uh, Fredette is reportedly exploring uh, options, including perhaps a Russian club in St. Petersburg. So we'll see where Jameer Frederet ends okay. up.
0: How about former BYU golf standout Zach Blair making the cut on the PGA Tour over the weekend, tied for 57th. With a, an overall score of 8-under in the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Patrick Fishburne finished tied for 35th at 400 in the TPC Colorado Championship as part of the Corn Ferry Tour. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We're under two months. Hit
2: it! Countdown
0: to the Utes. 59 what? days away. What? Woo! It's Zooming in on us quick, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and unfortunately, we'll be on Zoom for multiple meetings today. <laughs> Jerem, 59 days away.
1: Wow. Uh, we have... That's making me panic as a
0: producer. I know. I know. But here we are speculating on if and when how much the coronavirus will impact the college football season. We're, I think we're settled on, yeah, it's going to have an impact. Just a matter of how much. Yeah. So the question is... Are you ready, considering that impact, for a non-traditional college football season?
1: Am I emotionally? Yeah. Are we collectively ready? No. I I have so many questions here, I, and none of them have been answered. It's July 6th. Where are the answers about how this is going to work? I th- th- There are none, because... No one has exactly figured it out, and no one knows what's going to happen and how they'll act, but there need to be contingency plans. I imagine in two weeks from today, which is BYU Football Media Day, that there would be some answers relative to this about, okay, like someone answered this question, and I'll Walter White it. Tell me exactly what's going to happen if and when Zach Wilson gets a positive test, and he's the starter. What happens? Do all the quarterbacks then have to be out for two weeks and BYU has to just run the wildcat? Like, what exactly happens? Because we know right now, and we'll talk to Troy Warner coming up, and Jay Drew had an article in the Des News, that the guys, like us in this building, walk in, they're checked for symptoms, temperature, sign a waiver, da-da-da, right? You wear a mask everywhere where you're in a a situation. Like, up here we don't wear a mask because we're talking. But in the building... We, we wear a mask. mask until we get to our office, right? Yeah. Um, so how exactly is that going to work? There's 13 colonies, if you will. Hamilton reference. Awesome. Over the weekend. Uh, but there's no federal government. There's no commissioner over the NCA saying, okay, these are the policies and this is how it's going to work. Because guess what? If I'm Clemson, if I'm Alabama, I'm trying to figure out how do we win the natty amidst this, right? They're always trying to figure out what's the competitive advantage. And, and there are conspiracy theories of like, hey, Clemson, Alabama, they're getting positive tests so that they're ready to go later in the season. They get they knock that out now. Sure. Tell me. I'm that not the, saying that's happening,
0: but that's a theory. The antibody uh, advantage. Right.
1: So I, I th- and this is obviously about making money. It is. And it's not about entertainment. There's a cost to entertainment. Right. It's about making money. Um, if it was about health, we wouldn't play at all. We wouldn't even consider it if it was about health. Because people will get sick interacting. But we want sports. We want football. So we're going to do it. And these places make money, and they exist to make money. BYU exists as an academic institution who also has sports, but it certainly is very important to the university.
0: Sure. Money drives it, but people do want to be entertained, don't you think, because they're going stir-crazy?
1: Right, but we're not going to ask thousands of athletes to risk, literally maybe risk their lives for our entertainment. That's not how it works. This is not the Romans and gladiators. I agree with you. They make money to play.
0: I agree with you mostly, but we are asking people to reconsider the risk factor, right? If we invite athletes to come back, whether pro or college— we are asking them to reassess the We're not the, the ones risk.
1: asking. The leagues themselves want to do it because they want to make money. They're not going, what do you guys want? They're, just, yes. they're playing to make money. And it's their job. in some
0: cases, is it the want to make money or the need to make money to sustain athletic departments? Because
1: well, in the college sphere, yes. In the professional sphere. No, they want to make they, money. Yeah. they got plenty to go around. The,
0: right. the college sphere is different. It, this is This is so strange because... Governments could come in and say state governments could come in and say,
1: but it's state, not federal.
0: "Um, We're not going to have college athletics for the month of September and October. So figure it out. At that point, then universities within that individual state have to figure out how to coordinate with the other programs that want to keep doing it. So are we going to have teams that are playing nine road games and three home games once the state opens back up for those teams to have a home game. It, so as far as non-traditional goes, I am expecting anything and everything. There could be several teams that finish having played seven games this season, while others play a full 12, depending Again, on who they play and where they play. Just to
1: make some money. It's not to actually compete. It's not to actually, it's not even to entertain folks. Like, that costs money. No, it's to make money. And BYU's trying to figure out how to do that themselves, too. I hope it's not a uh, conference-only situation. I, I just think it. I have so many questions that are unanswered, and I'm a little frustrated by the lack of answers. I don't, or generally anybody, right? It's, and we're kind of waiting to see why. I know we don't know all the answers of how uh, things will happen, but don't we know that people will have positive tests and they will have to quarantine for two weeks? Then what? I want those answers.
0: So the tricky part about this disease is it seems to zero in on uh, a very specific part of the population, older population that have pre-existing conditions. And so it it really targets the vulnerable, right? So how much risk factor goes into that, weighing it with a college athlete who, according to most numbers that we're seeing are not a high-risk factor. Are you
1: talking about who's getting a positive test or who dies? Because Talking about death, like, yes. A lot of people are getting a positive test. But we don't right?
0: hear much after that. It's like, okay, well, how many of those positive tests have now resulted in serious ramifications?
1: Right, and, and, it's, and it's tricky because you don't want to say, like, well, yeah, it's fine for the younger people. Well, what if they visit grandma? And then Grandma gets sick and exactly. dies. And there have been 130,000 people that have died from this or something, right? And so you have to be sensitive to that, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we can agree that we do agree that some form of non-traditional college football season is coming. We just don't know how untraditional.
1: I, I don't see how it plays out fully. <sighs> I just think it's too complicated. It's. I want it to. Let's go.
0: All right. The football is on. So uh, we're going to prepare like it is on, right? For now. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one has any... Answers to this? Good gosh.
0: (laughs) On to topic two. Today is our safeties position preview. So let's answer the following three questions, Jerem. As far as BYU football goes, who's back? Who are the impact newcomers? And what do we expect from the BYU football safeties?
1: Okay, Troy Warner will start at strong safety. Zane Anderson will start at free safety. The Zane train! So there's your starters. Uh, Two, you know, 17-year seniors. Uh, They've been here a long time, which is awesome. Other notables. Malik Moore, George Udo, Max Tooley from linebacker, 6th leading tackle last year. Hayden Livingston uh, maybe a corner now, but he did play safety last year. So those are some of the notables. There are others as well, but they're replacing Austin Lee and Bo Tanner and Sawyer Powell. So uh, Austin Lee is a notable loss for sure. But uh, I expect this group to be quality. Now the question will... Uh, be this, can Troy Warner continue to have an impact? Can he have a bigger impact than he's had the last couple of years? As a freshman and sophomore, he was pretty good, but he had an injury um, going into, I believe, what is his, his uh, sophomore year mm-hmm. there. So can he be healthy? Can Zane Anderson stay healthy? Because if Zane stays healthy, he's the guy that can have a uh, Kyle Van Noy like impact in a game where he can win again. He had the only takeaway in the Wisconsin win in 2018. That led to a, a score for BYU that ultimately helps win the game, right? Um, and then some of the backups. So Malik Moore, obviously, making news on and off the field. George Udo is a guy we've heard about um, as a young up-and-comer who is a sophomore, played in eight games last year. And then Max Tooley had a couple bright moments last year, that interception against Washington, and the dive from five yards out where he fumbled was a notable play.
0: BYU has a ton of depth at linebacker, and things will continue to evolve as they move through fall camp. Position changes are not uncommon with this specific coaching staff. They like to move guys around. Uh, so we may see Kavika Fanua, who is hanging out with the safeties a little bit, move back from linebacker and help out That'd there.
1: That'd be a weird move, because he led the team in tackles as the middle linebacker, so who would replace him if they did that? Good question.
0: It? Jackson Kafusi is another name that has kind of floated well, out there. He's a running back. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, the defense is still fighting for him, and we can talk to Preston Hadley about that, but whether he's a running back, safety, linebacker, there are positions to be had. These guys, that they're going to toy with different positions for a bunch of these guys. But, yeah, Kavika Fanua leads the team in tackles. Now he's a potential safety, or how, how will the formations change so that he stays a linebacker but is kind of playing in the You're secondary? breaking news here? I haven't heard this one. I'm, I'm just saying. these. Oh, these, the just saying. These nice. things, I'm not breaking news, <laughs> but I am telling you that, yes, I won't tell you which coach told me, but there are coaches that are looking at some of these linebackers floating back to that's, play safety.
1: I, I think it's weird to move the leading tackler to a different position. I, I, w- I would think that's odd. Like, Kavika didn't played he do, safety he in do, high school. Did he do enough? I, yeah. High school was a long time ago. Um, what, what is he doing now? And he's, he's a 60-year senior, I think, as well. So he's been around a long time. So it's been even longer since high school. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like uh, the guys on the team. I don't like the idea of moving too too many guys around too often though, because it's like, hey, lock in on that position and play it. You know, like if you're that good at that position, why didn't why don't we just play you there?
0: Well, look at Zane Anderson. Yeah. I mean, talk about a guy that's moved all around. But I think this some is, of
1: that is due to injuries. Sure. Yeah. Like so, if he's healthy, it's like just play him at safety.
0: If there's depth at linebacker, there's and there's more room for that. Why not yeah. bolster the strength of the safeties if you can't Max Thule? But so now you're bringing him back last up. The linebacker year, now with re- safety.
1: Why would you... I, that just seems weird to replace the starting middle linebacker who led the team in tackles. That just seems weird. Why would you, why would you do that? <laughs> Someone's better? Why weren't they playing already?
0: Not my, what happened? Not my decision to make. No.
1: Wait, but, they're not asking you to make this?
0: Uh,
1: no. Oh, I they Amazing, right? I thought they did. That's weird.
0: Okay, so in terms of who's new or what's new, yeah, we, we could see some different things there. What I do expect... The theme to, is
1: we don't know anything.
0: What I do expect... <laughs> Is this senior laden crew at safety and linebacker to be really good for BYU? They are finally older, and we hope that that will manifest itself we in time. a good way. It's not an issue. Our question of the day uh, at this point, what is your confidence level that the world will have a normal college football season? Time to hear from you, BYUS, and this is Voice of the Nation. This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Boar's Tire. I'm 85% sure that we'll have college football because, frankly, money talks. I'm not worried about BYU. ESPN will take care of them and get BYU the best games possible.
1: Yeah, that's, that's an element of this that we hadn't brought up.
0: How is... much control and power does ESPN have over a state or local government saying, nope, we're shutting down?
1: Well, not over that, but just getting a Team to play? Sure. The government. You get a team to play like a week before?
0: <laughs> how's, and that, how's that going to work? The local governments control most of this. Yeah. Which is interesting. All and
1: right. Thank the forefathers for that set of government. For college. They didn't see that later, did they? Coming up, the best to wear number 44 is one of the best ever at BYU.
0: And we're going to talk about the safety group as a whole with the position coach, Preston Hadley. He knows a thing or two about playing secondary at BYU. Joins us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Look let's at ask, Marlins Let's hat. ask him about Kavika. The Miami Marlins. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official
1: outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in tonight at 10 Eastern for more Utah College League baseball as Jason Shepard calls the games on BYUcougars.com. And the app is Mitch McIntyre, Hayden Latham, and other Cougars play tonight at 10 Eastern BYU Radio.
0: We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom is BYU safety's coach Preston Hadley, former BYU football standout Preston, Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation.
2: I appreciate it, fellas.
0: Uh, you got your uh, baseball swag on Miami Marlins hat. Uh, is this because you're so excited to have baseball back, Preston?
2: I, I wish I could say that's my reason. <laughs> uh, no, I just pick up hats anytime I visit a place, you know. So I happen to be in Miami. I thought the hat good. Got a nice little orange accent around here. I feel like orange goes good with, with a lot of things, uh, you uh, know, in my wardrobe. And so uh, – here we are.
1: You, you look good in orange. I'm going to be honest. Uh, you're also repping the PG. You always represent PG. Uh, oh, we,
2: all, all day, we,
3: all day.
1: So, so back when you were just you know a lowly GA, not a <laughs> real position coach, uh, we used to play on an intramural flag football team with our guy Zach Brady as quarterback, and we we uh, we won the ship one year. And I think the year you played, we had what three dudes that. Uh, weren't in BYU boundaries or something, so we were ousted in the semis.
2: Yeah, some we had some allegations against us from uh BYU honor code over intramurals, and so uh, I think yeah, we ended up getting ha- getting xed out of there. To
1: be clear, the honor code was not involved. It was just whether they lived in the boundaries, right?
2: Dude. Due to dishonest, we're, you know, I think uh, Wait, they let us off yes. light with that one. I guess. Well,
1: we weren't dishonest, those
2: guys were. But
1: anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway. Hey, well,
2: I, we were the victims here.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so today's our safeties preview. So let's break it down. Spencer was spraining news over here talking about Kavika Fonua. I'm just talking about potential. Potentially being considered to move positions, maybe even with the safeties or something. So t- tell us about the group. We, we talked about Troy Warner and Zane kind of being the cornerstone seniors there, experienced guys. Those, those are two guys that can make a ton of plays.
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, with Kavika, I'll, I'll address Kavika. I, I haven't had him in my meeting room yet. So uh, he's still shuffling around the linebacker position right now. Um, there's been some some changes as far as how those positions are being used. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's yet to, to come into my meeting room yet. Um, as a safety, just to help you out there. Um, uh, Troy, yeah, I, I felt like Troy was definitely the standout uh, in the few practices we had in spring. Um, I thought he played at a really high level. Um, probably since, since I've been here at BYU, um, it's probably been the best football I, that I've seen him play. And so it, it makes me really optimistic about um, his ceiling for this season. And um, he's a natural leader. He's a vocal leader as well. And I think he's the the person that we need uh to be one of those leaders on our team this season so um he's he's great for the position group he's well respected by his uh, by his teammates and by the coaches and uh really high football i q um so i've I've been really impressed and really proud of just kind of how he's conducted himself through uh, all, redshirting all last season to, to, to winter conditioning, to, to spring training, to spring, to spring ball. And then throughout the summer, throughout all this whole uh, pandemic, you know, it's, we've been really fortunate. We've had strong leaders like him to con, uh, to continue to maintain and build the culture uh, within our position group and just on our defense and the team. So uh, yeah, really excited about Troy. Zane is an interesting one um, just c- because he's played so many different positions. It makes him really versatile. Um, on our defense. Um, I think he's good enough to line up at corner, which is something that was being discussed early on. I think right now, uh, moving forward into into fall camp, um, where he's going to be playing safety right now and um, really excited about what he can do. Um, he's already been, you know, he started at the position before. Plus with his linebacker skills, I think he'll come back even more physical uh, than he was before as a safety. Um, I do think he's a good tackler and he's he's very fast as well. Um, so, uh, Zane, it's, it helps to have two, you know, a fifth and a six year senior, uh, back there, uh, with a lot of experience. I think, you know, from, from losing Austin and and dying and Bo and Sawyer and, Um, those all, you know, all those, all those seniors, you know, they were a really good group. And so um, usually you'd be uh, losing sleep at night, uh, losing four seniors that, that were key contributors to your defense or your position group. But we have Zane and Troy coming back as a fifth and sixth year senior. Uh, We've been really fortunate in our position group. So um, another, another guy is, uh, is Chaz. So Chaz, again, it's, you know he's he's been cross training both linebacker and safety. Um, I think he'll make a push at at, uh, at those positions. He's definitely been been leaning out, and uh, again he's I think he's one of our best playmakers on the defense. And so uh, wherever he ends up on the field, um, hopefully it's in hopefully it's as a safety. It could be as a linebacker. Um, that will just be something only time will tell. Um, as far as we as we get moving into fall camp and see really where the need is. Uh, we 're really just trying to find a way to get our best eleven guys on the field, and so um I think in my position group alone, we have three of them in my group, and so um not really sure you know where what that will mean for for everybody, but uh as as time moves forward, really that will tell all so um, and then uh like George and Max, you know both really young and um, raw at the position, but a lot of a, a really high ceiling from both for both of them. Um, I think George Udo is probably the best athlete on the team, um, just as far as an athlete goes. Um, he's he's probably the most athletic player on the team, mm. and so uh, he's a huge ball of potential um, that I've really enjoyed working with him. He's really coachable and he just wants to get better every day. And so he's one that I look forward to again, whether he, he ends up as a safety uh, again, those are, those are calls that as a defensive staff and through with Kalani, uh, those are decisions that are all made collectively. And so, but for right now uh, he is a safety and we're, again, I'm, I'm really excited about what he can become in his potential and along with max as well you saw what he could do as a as a freshman right as a linebacker so um, he did play safety in high school and we'll, we'll kind of see uh, how things shake up for him so uh it's a really talented group you know I, there's a, there's other guys to talk about that i can if you'd like but um re- really talented we have a good mix of of uh, raw and super athletic and then really uh seasoned and and really good football players and so um, it's a it's a good problem to have. There's a lot of there's a lot of competition. I think there'll be some good depth uh, that we need to continue to develop uh, as we go through fall camp and through the season.
1: In spring ball, there was a rhetoric of potentially toying with a four-two-five or something like that, and that maybe that's the reason that there's this exodus of linebackers. Because if you only need two, maybe you're just playing with another. Like Chaz, like maybe even Kavika and whatnot at uh, at safety. Is is there defensively? Are you guys still figuring out the way, like you said, to get the best eleven on the field, whether that be a four two five or otherwise?
2: Uh, sorry, you sort sure of cut out towards the end there.
1: Yeah, that was a bad question. Anyway, uh, <laughs> are you guys still toying with how to get the best eleven on the field? Because you've mentioned, you know, Chaz, I you cross trained, and Max tuley 's moving, and Zane's but if you guys run with a four-two-five or something else, yeah, it's just, you're a linebacker, you're a, just get out there, guard this guy, cover this area. Are you guys still figuring that out?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's something I, I think each year at, at multiple positions and just in college football in general, I think that's something, just from my experience at the other places that I've coached, um, this has just been part of the process as you get closer to the season, you know, when, re- when you're trying to uh, replace players who have, who have exhausted their their eligibility? Um, it's just about kind of trial runs and 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 seeing who can fit. And so, um, but like with the four two five, really like a a four two five is just a four three. The only difference is you just have to put a nickel in for the outside linebacker. But it's technically like if if we just draw drew up like on the playbook, it it looked the exact same. Just it'd be an N instead of a you know an LB or, or whatever you know. So we're just. Yeah, that, that's, that's the goal is getting your best 11, but the best 11 at their position as well, right? So, like, for example, it, Kyra's Tong is one of our best 11, but he wouldn't be one of our best 11 as a safety, you know? Like, I love Kyra. You know, that's an extreme example, <laughs> you know? And so it's about getting our best 11 at their position, you know what I mean? And so I say what that looks like, it's, it's really hard to say, but um, there's definitely guys there that, that – we feel comfortable with and then um as we do get going you know like i said we're just gonna kind of see how it goes as as we continue to develop guys at at the different positions i don't know if that answers your question but yes um yeah we're like i said we 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 have our base personnel which is four three we have a nickel which is what most know as a four two five where you have the nickel in for for your outside linebacker and then you know we also have other personnel groups i'm not going to share but um but yeah, we, we definitely carry that. Um, so yeah, it's just about finding the best guys at those spots. Right. BYU
0: safety coach, Preston Hadley with us on BYU sports nation Preston. I want to finish with, uh, more of an off the field question, uh, because of the role that Troy Warner and you, uh, are playing among others, uh, Malik Moore. I mean, just, there have been some incredible efforts, uh, to open up society's eyes to black lives matter as you have dealt with this as a coach uh, and knowing that uh, your players care about this how has this uh, impacted your team and and what have you noticed about the team in terms of getting ready for the season amidst this just uh unprecedented socio-political situation
2: um, just just from from the lens i, I look at things and that's a I think that's a really good question to ask. Um, with, with a lot of our, with a lot of our players, especially our our black players, um, I think it's been really good in bringing the team closer together. Um, and it's really opened the door to some really uncomfortable conversation that to some conversation that can be uncomfortable for some people. And it really doesn't matter where you're from, you know, like you, you see it out there, right? Like, the, the reality is you get treated different because of the way you look. Like me, I, I grew up primarily in Pleasant Grove, Utah, but I've been treated differently than my peers that I grew up around. You know, even from, from BYU, there's been, you know, just just different, you know, like you just have different experiences and it's, it's being treated a certain way. And I'm not always saying in, in a negative way, you know, but be, just being treated differently. Um, by the way you look, but it's, it's been good. I think, you know, like guys like Malik, like a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago, or like a month ago or so after all this, um, you know, after everything was going on um, Gennaro and myself and even Brandon Bradley, uh, the three of us, we were able to go and and we were able to meet with a lot of our, with all of our players um, with a lot of our black players who were, who've been affected by this, you know, because, you know, when you, when you see in the news um, people, that look like you getting treated a certain way because of just how they look. I mean, that, that affects you. Right. And you see it all over the country, all over the world. You see it here in our own community. Um, and it comes in different forms, you know, like myself, I've, I've, I'm one of the lucky ones to that. I can say I, I have not experienced police brutality, but I have experienced other forms of oppression and, uh, but for for me, like my parents always taught me to to frame these things as opportunities for growth and what's meant to learn. and How can you grow stronger? But I think this is a, It's been a. This has been huge, though, just for for our country and for our community. Um, and I, I, a lot of these players, like I said, like Malik, DeAngelo, Isaiah, Heron, uh, Troy. Um, all, all you know, I, all of them have been have been really impressive as far as how they've conducted themselves and continue to move forward. Um, just in their life and and just carrying themselves in a way uh, that that they can be an example to people, you know, and so I mean I got a ton of thoughts on all this, and I, I don't want to shift the focus of this interview I, I want to focus it on the players, you know um but it's it's definitely something that like you you definitely feel a certain type of way about um again, because just again like it it affects you right like at the end of the day, like you know it, and, and again, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but you are a target. You know, I've been targeted multiple times, just even here at BYU um, with, you know, just different, like, I'm not going to go into details, but just different allegations that, like, specifically, that I, like, we've been targeted, you know what I mean? And I think the school's really tried to protect us and, um, and tried to, to go about things in the right way. Um, but yeah, and so it, it's it's a great opportunity. I, I've had a it's been a good opportunity for me to to speak out to to my, some of my friends that I grew up with where I never really felt like I could, you know. And so this really gives um, a lot of black people the confidence to really speak out about things like, hey, like this, like when you do this, this this is that's not okay, right? Like although like people's intentions are 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 usually good, um, it's it's been a great opportunity to help educate people basically and how certain things make you feel um the way people treat you you know how that makes you feel um and so but like I said I I, I really look up to our players for for how they've uh been handling this um each of them have been affected differently by it and have different you know feel, experience experienced different, different uh, emotions about this and and in my conversations with Gennaro and with Brandon uh it's been it's been really uh been really encouraging like just being able to lean on each other and kalani's been the best man like he's kalani's been been preaching this stuff way before all this was going on you know like in our team meetings in our defensive meetings he'll come into the position group he, he, he he's been addressing stuff way before all this and and things so like he's been he's been great like he's been perfect for like he the byu needs him right now and uh, he's been perfect for it, man. And so, like I said, like, it's it's been, I think it's been a really positive thing w- amongst our team, you know, especially with the white players, the Polynesian players. Like, there's been some good dialogue, some good conversation amongst our players that isn't coach-led. You know, this is just the feedback that I'm getting from some of the players, you know, and so uh, it, it's been good, you know. Um, like I said I, I really look up to and admire our players for, for how they've been uh, handling themselves through all this.
0: Preston, we're grateful for the conversation. We want to use this platform uh, to promote that, uh, that positivity. And uh, we appreciate your insight, uh, not only into football, but uh, into the things that matter most. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Thanks for the time.
2: Hey, I always appreciate you guys.
0: You got it. Preston Hadley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
1: A lot to take in there. We'll do it coming up, uh, including our conversation with Troy Warner on what he expects from the safeties this year.
0: And the best to wear number 44. If it's not the freight train Rob Morris, who is it? This is BYU Sports Nation. Join us in two weeks
1: for BYU Football Media Day on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We'll get you ready for the season that we think is going to happen. 11 a.m. Eastern Time, state of the program, two hour BYUSN, special afternoon programming as well. It's coming up in two weeks from today.
0: Welcome back to Studio B. That takes us to our Best to Wear It segment today. We are counting up to 99, one number each show. We're almost halfway there. How about that? Determining who was the best athlete to wear each number in Provo at BYU. Today we land on number 44. The
1: best to wear 44 is Tina Gunn-Robison. And here is why. She's the all-time leading scorer in points, rebounds, rebounds per game, second in field goal percentage in BYU history two 50-point games. Her <laughs> senior year, she averaged 31 a game Whoa! to lead the nation. But most importantly, our stat of the day reemphasizes this idea. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Men and women, Tina gunn Robinson is the all-time leading scorer and rebounder in BYU basketball history. How about that? More points than Jimmer, more rebounds than Yoli Childs. Uh, amazing. There's right? your
0: mic drop. With the stat of the day.
1: Yeah. First uh, female athlete in BYU history to have her uh, jersey retired. That's notable as well. Played for Team USA. Was actually drafted into a professional league, uh, but uh, decided not to play. She uh, was amazing. Tina Gunn-Robinson. And Rob Morris is definitely an honorable mention here. Uh, Yeah. Because at first it was like, well, it's Rob Morris, right? No, 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 no. It's Tina Gunn-Robinson. And Rob was amazing as well. But uh, we got to name one. We've been a little gun shy, a pun, uh, on some uh, on some others, uh, but this one is uh, Tina. She was
0: I think Rob would uh, blow the freight train whistle for Tina Gunn Robinson. Yeah, he, he can get on. And board we love Rob. One of the this.
1: biggest personalities.
0: in the Rob Morris there? was the big man on campus. Hey, Prim- this is the, that was the play, the Snow Angel. Oh, uh, don't you just love those old school royal blue pants, white uniforms, drop shadow? Rob Morris, <laughs> the freight train of the BYU Bib era. <laughs> First-round draft pick, first-team All-American, 1999, Buckus Award semifinalist. There it is. I mean,
1: you thought it was the uh, tourney train. It's actually Rob Morris. great train.
0: <laughs> Rob, we love you, man. Oh,
1: the pride of Nampa. It's great stuff. Coming up, Troy Warner on his second senior year.
0: Uh, Yeah, Troy Warner to be continued, right? I did
1: that, but academically.
0: <laughs> How does he feel about the safety depth? We'll talk to him next at the UA Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the
1: BYU
3: Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: The show's on demand. If you want to listen to it, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and give us that five-star review.
0: BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. And I am Spencer Linton joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Our second guest of the day, also with some prominence in that safeties group. Senior Troy Warner is back on Zoom. Troy, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation.
3: Thanks for having me. Always good.
0: Hey, absolutely, man. And uh, I know we didn't talk uh, that long ago, but still some things have happened. And now you're in the midst of uh, voluntary workouts. You are approaching a, an earlier start to camp for BYU football. How has your role changed over the last month, uh, during this unprecedented, strange off season,
3: yeah. So I would say it's been it's been a little different. It's just the way that th- we're doing things this year versus you know the traditional way pr- previous years. Everything's just a lot different, and so you kind of have to, you know, guys on the team they got to step up and and help rally the troops and make sure that we're all, um, you know, we're all our minds are all aligned and, and we're pushing for that, that same mission to be successful this year. So I think it's just speaking up, making sure guys are, are holding themselves accountable and uh, just being ready to go when, when, uh, when everything's good and set. So,
1: In the Deseret News, uh, Jay Drew did an article and talked about your leadership, your thoughts on Black Lives Matter, which we want to get to in a, here in a moment. But uh, he, he said and quoted several of your teammates um, saying that, hey, you're well-respected, you're a leader on this team. Uh, is that something you embrace? Is that something you want going into your uh, fifth season with BYU football?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's an honor to be looked at as a as a captain by my teammates. Um, all I want to do is just give them the best version of me and help them be the, be the best version of themselves in any way that I could do that, bring that out of them. I try my best to do so and and the fact that I'm a fifth-year senior, uh, I, take it, I take it upon myself to just know what I'm doing, do things the right way, and help people be on that same path so that we can be successful this year. So I take a lot of pride in, in trying to be a captain for the guys and, and to be there for them when they need it. So
1: You, you could be a sixth-year senior like Zane, right?
3: No, no six year. just, <laughs> just me, me. He's,
1: Well, between the two of you who are projected starters, naturally, uh, 11 years of experience at BYU, that's pretty
3: wild, right? Yeah, that is. It's a lot of experience for sure. So,
0: Troy Warner with us on BYU Sports Nation. What are you expecting from your teammates when camp opens up as far as preparation goes? What, what kind of football are you expecting to see?
3: You know, I just, I expect high effort. Uh, the, we're, I'm around a bunch of guys who always give high effort and uh, want to do their best for, for the guys next to them. And I just want guys to, to do things the right way, uh, be safe, and just make sure everybody's healthy and ready to go. Um, I think everybody on the team knows what they need to work on. So as long as, they're, as, long as their mind is to, is to work on those and just perfect their crafts and better their game in, in the ways that they know that they can, I think it'll put us in a, in a great position come season time. So,
1: We were talking with uh, Preston Hadley about the uh, this group, and there must have been um, an awesome core of linebackers, not only last year, but the year before, right? Because there's a lot of guys who have been cross-trained at safety as well. Max Tooley moving over. Obviously, Zane went to linebacker, and now he's back. Uh, Chaz Ayu has been cross-trained and whatnot. Um, th- this is going to be interesting to see how you guys get the top 11 guys on the field, but it feels like there's a lot of guys uh, that you could put out there and be confident in.
3: Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of guys that are kind of cross-training, and there's a lot of talented, talent at the safety position. And really that, all that does is just breed you know, that competitive mentality. So come camp, guys are competing for a position. They want playing time. They want to play. And all that's going to do is bring the best out of each player, and that's all I can ask for i I would never want it easy. I would never want uh, guys just kind of say be cool with being second string. I want guys to want to, to want to push for that first string, get playing time uh, just because that's going to bring the best out of each player. So the fact that there's a lot of talent and and we got to figure out ways to get every every guy on the field, I think that'll put, uh I think that'll help every guy you know play at their best.
0: Troy, when you look at your – I mean, there's an entourage of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Which of your defensive teammates are you expecting to surprise you in a good way in the 2020 season?
3: Uh, gosh, it's, it's hard to try and pinpoint one, one, or one certain guy, but I, I just want, I want consistency between every position, uh, D-line, linebacker, safety, corner. If every, if every position group can kind of hold their own and make plays for the team, I mean, that's all you can ask for because when, when we're all playing together and, and playing as one and all making plays, that's a, that's a real good defense. So that's the one thing that I just want out of this season is for, is for uh, you know, each position just to kind of hold themselves accountable and really make plays, and I think we're fully capable of doing that. So,
1: Preston Hadley said he thinks George Udo is the best athlete on the team. Do you agree?
3: <laughs> yeah, George Udo. You know, he's uh, he was he was made a little differently. It's crazy how how freakishly athletic he is, and he's a, he's a good player as well. So excited to see what he can do.
1: With Max Tooley, do you have any advice for him when it comes to diving into the end zone after an interception this year?
3: <laughs> um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, make make sure that you di- you can actually dive across the end zone. <laughs> um, <but> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's, I like Max. Max is a good dude, though. He's he's good.
1: I, everyone should have that level of ambition with different oh, execution, right? A hundred percent. I'm, I'm, just, from the I'm five, trying to get I'm my going. first pick.
3: So, that's... yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get my first pick. So the fact that he got it, I, that's all I want. It's just one right now. Yeah.
1: And then you have, do you have to house it on that first one, Troy? Like, okay, I got
3: the one and the and I scored. First one, first one's to the house. It's got to be, it's only right.
1: You're gonna have to be crazy aggressive. You're just jumping around. you yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Troy Warner and his first interception on the way. Uh, I can't wait, dude. Well, yes, I can't uh, wait. It's gonna happen, um, Troy. Let's finish with this. Um, you have clearly taken a role to help your team and your teammates uh, stay focused amidst the major social injustice discussion in our society, what type of things are you doing? And what are those conversations like within the team as we try and kind of create this positive open conversation era uh, in the black lives matter movement?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. I don't want, I don't, it's kind of hard to put into words exactly what I want to say or the right way to say it. But right now I feel like the best thing that I can do is just help educate the guys that maybe don't know a ton about, you know, the topic of social injustice and the inequalities that kind of go around in the world. Um, And I just kind of try to be there for my team and, and, and the guys that don't know a lot about it, try to help educate them and try and, you know, give them advice of things that they could do to be a part of the movement. And so as long as, as long as I'm, as long as I'm able to do that, I feel like I'm, you know, helping the cause. So
0: Troy, uh, obviously, we really enjoyed that uh, article in the Deseret News and uh, appreciate all you're doing to help that that movement. And uh, we enjoy being part of the platform to help you have a voice, man.
3: I appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
0: You got a Troy Warner on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
1: I expect a big year from him. He's had some injuries, right? He was a guy that came in with a a lot of excitement about, uh, you know, formerly being an Oregon commit. Younger brother of Fred. We didn't even talk to him about Fred. That's the first. That was pretty good. We 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 tried to just talk about Troy, but uh, he's going to have a big year. I expect him to have a good year, and hopefully, it manifests itself in stats. But on the field, he'll have a major impact. Next
0: time I see Fred, I'm going to be like, "Oh, are you Troy's brother? Are
1: you Troy's brother, Devin? Awesome. Are you, are you, are you
0: Devin Troy's Durant? Brother? Mark
1: Durant? <laughs> Coming up, more of your responses to question of the day.
0: Plus, just because we can, we bring back one of the best moments from our best to wear at honorable mentions. It's worth sticking around and included a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> worth it. This is BYU Sports Nation. It
1: was worth it in 98,
0: baby. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV. A reminder, you can download the podcast on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps anytime.
1: Yeah, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Let's go.
0: So Rob Morris... Earn today's honorable mention in our best to wear the number 44. Not to be
1: confused with the University Robert Morris who beat Kentucky in the NIT. Correct. Yep. No, the Bob original, Morris. the
0: original Rob Morris. Yeah, I Bob. You know you.
1: I go with Bob Morris.
0: Okay, yeah. number forty-four, uh, and we want to open up the vault to relive one of our favorite freight train moments from Rob Morris, November seventh, nineteen ninety-eight.
1: It's so good. Fifty-one yard pick-six. Snow <laughs> Angel. Fifteen yard penalty. It's amazing. So, first off, he gets a deflection. Who, who, who deflects it? Brian Gray? Heshi Robertson or whatever his name was? He was awesome. Rob Morris, stumbling, rumbling down the sideline, dives in. Some codger ref throws a flag on him. <laughs> he he dove in. That's a pet. Why? And then, look at this. He crosses the plate. Like, he dives in. Why not? Oh, you know what, son? Did, That's did, enough. Did he
0: fumble the ball
1: before no, he crossed the no, goal line? No,
0: he was in. There's was no
1: in. snow, but who cares? 15 yeah. yard penalty. Now what? Now what we haven't discussed in this moment is that Owen Pochman had a record streak going, and I can't. Did he, I think? Did he, did miss? he miss? I think, I he, think missed. he missed that PAT, <laughs> and the streak was over. And it was Rob Morris's fault because he well. What, well, the snow angel deserves a 15 yard penalty, right, but, he,
0: but not the diving in. No, part. no. So he gets the penalty for diving across. I I commend him for making it worth it. They're not going to give him another 15 yard penalty right. for doing a know so like, hey, It's m- already 15 yards. Like just live it up. Now, man. Now, can we
1: re- rewind this back one more time? Just to see if he, if he, does he get across the, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. We've reviewed it. The ball's out. Is but, he across? We're not on the cart game. Well, we
0: like tell. the Hawaii Bowl, we don't have the proper angle there.
1: <sighs> they were on the wrong side, dude. They were on the wrong side. But anyway, Rob Morris, <laughs> a play that will go down in infamy. <laughs> I love that play. That's so awesome.
0: Oh, do, do. I know. The next know. year, 99, they brought out the whistles, I think. Yeah, we need yeah. a whistle on the desk. We someone had Someone brought, brought someone one brought in, whistle. we had, w- had to give them back. Yeah,
1: on the day that he was honored, I think, right? We called yeah. for it. You guys responded. You guys responded.
0: Love it. Love it. All right, our question of the day. <laughs> Unfortunately not about snow angels on the grass. Should have done that. At this point, what is your confidence level that we, as in a society, will have a normal college football season? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at C L underscore living. And he says Nothing is going to be normal this year. It all starts with a win at Utah. I like that.
1: I like that. That's elite. Let's see leads. Abnormal. Today's Rise and Shoutouts. uh, BYU fans in Mississippi. So Malik Moore tweeted the following, running the Biloxi Mississippi Bridge and ran into some BYU fans. You guys are everywhere, and I love it. Thanks for the endless support. How awesome is that? Our guy, uh, Malik Moore, who we spoke with recently.
0: Outstanding. Yeah, and I got to experience the Mississippi uh, Cougar faithful in Starkville in 2017 amidst uh, a really tough season. They even delivered me a BYU cowbell. I think yeah. it's, uh, it's behind me, and it says, "There yeah, it is. I'm, I'm going to get it right now, Jerem. Oh, boy. I'm going to
1: get it. I was hoping not to hear that noise today, but
0: there it is. Yeah, yeah. Don't miss that. Rise and shout. Rise and shout. Yeah. Oh, How cool is that?
1: Sounds like my grandma waking me up. It's like <laughs> it's noon, let me be
0: <laughs> Outstanding show I'm in sho- high school. Yeah, well you gotta get up and do work, right?
1: When? I just do it at night, you know? <laughs> just shift the
0: clock. <laughs> Outstanding show today. Our special thanks to today's guests, Preston Hadley and Troy Warner.
1: Sorry to Dennis, but another time today. The conversation continues on the interwebs using Hashtag BYUSN. And it's on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook.
0: For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Tyler Nelson. Remember him? He's blocking right there. Number 13 for oh, Rob nice. Flying in. Dude, Is did that he, Daniel Sorensen? we number nine. Did he fumble? <laughs> I've never thought about that till now. We'll see you tomorrow. Go kooks.